to the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. My name is James, and I've spent the last 20 years working with people to help them overcome the things that were causing them trouble and to build the lives that they really want to be living. I've done this as a social worker, an adjunct professor, a campus mentor, a counselor. Uh, Now I do it as a life coach. But the thing that's really hit me over the years is how often the things that can make the biggest difference in our life are remarkably simple, are remarkably concrete, and don't have to cost a lot of money. Like it doesn't take an investment of money to have them. And that's what this show is all about, is taking those things and distilling them down into actionable steps that any one of us can do to improve the quality of our lives. So I had a listener suggest that I create a, a like a sort of intro that that's more consistent uh, when I start the show. And so, I, you know, I'm taking that to heart. And, you know, here at the end, uh, you're going to hear where I take another listener suggestion to heart. And so if you have suggestions for me, if you have things that could improve this show, things you'd like to, you know, hear about or anything like that, please don't hesitate to email me. It's james at james scott henson, or I think you can email me through, usually through like wherever you're listening to this on. But I take those seriously as long as they're given in good faith and um, they're, they're, they're good ideas. But I enjoy hearing from people and I enjoy finding ways to improve this. You know, it's just me. I'm just a guy in a room with a microphone. So, of course, there's going to be things that I'm going to miss. Of course, there's going to be things that I could do better that I'm not even aware of. So if, you're, if you have some ideas on that, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Today's simple way to have a good life is one that I think is just super important in this time in history. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm recording this in the United States of America. I don't know if it's different in other countries, but it feels like things are on the verge of coming apart at the seams here because we are fragmenting off into these different camps uh, based on ideology and ideas of how, the, of how reality works. And these different camps are now getting to the point that they don't want to talk to each other. I think we're real quick to kind of tag the rich for doing this. You know, they live in, they do, they live in their own neighborhoods. They live in, um, you know, oftentimes they're walled off. They have their own shopping centers. They have their own gyms. That's absolutely the, that's maybe like the extreme example of walling yourself off. And that's actually where like the idea of, you know, living in a bubble comes from. You know, I think if you lived in one of these super nice neighborhoods and you, you don't really leave it, very often. I mean, your kid's school is there, your uh, your stores are there, your gym's there, everything you do is there. Of course, there's going to be a whole lot going on in, in your city and in, in the world that you're unaware of. I get that there's the news to, to bring us information, but especially these days, that is super suspect as far as what information you're you're getting. And you know, and at the same time, it doesn't really tell you much about like your city and like, or like your town and the people around you and what their lives are like. And so today's simple way to have a good life is to, is to thin your bubble, is to recognize the places where you don't know anything about other lifestyles, other cultures, the way other classes live, and just see what you can do to change that. So I grew up in what would probably be called an evangelical Christian environment. This was a whole, I get that like evangelical Christianity is still something people talk about, but if you weren't in that in the 90s, I'm not sure that 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 you understand what it was really like. It was a whole 
like all-encompassing perspective. It informed everything that I thought. And, you know, it was supposed to inform everything that I did and it didn't. And I think that's where a lot of my suffering came from growing up was that I had these beliefs that I don't know that I ever really chose. They were kind of given to me from a very young age and I was not living up to them. So it has kind of created this cognitive dissonance in me. And I want to be super clear. I got no beef with anybody that raised me. I got no quarrel with the adults who were in my life as a child. I was surrounded by a bunch of amazing people. I was so fortunate to be raised in a small town where I had multiple adults in my life. I had multiple people like way older than me who loved me and who tried to feed into my life. So none of this, this isn't like if you're if you're looking for somebody to bitch and moan about evangelical Christianity and how often it is, that's not what this is going to be. I'm not doing that. The reason I bring it up is to illustrate how much it impacted how I saw the world. I grew up believing in, I guess it would be called premillennial dispensationalism. This idea that, you know, the, the world's going to get worse and worse. Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be this period of tribulation. Um, there's going to be this new world order. Um, it gets really oddly specific. Like there's going to be a world leader who gets shot in the head and he comes back three days later. All this kind of stuff, okay? This was the this was the water I swam in as a you know a fish. This is the water. I don't even know it's water because it's all I know, and so it's just the truth to me. I believe that the Bible mentioned things like computers and you know stuff like that. That it was very specific, and I still remember, like I don't remember when it was, but I do remember like actually looking through Revelations, the Book of Revelations, myself, and where I thought it talked about computers and gunshots and all this stuff. Like oh my god. Like you go sit down and read that and it, it reads like a, like a really bad acid trip or something. And it started this process of me recognizing that there was an entire different perspective on history and reality and things like that. But I, I had never done that up to that point because everybody around me and everything I took in, everything I consumed was kind of angled toward this, this view of, of Christianity and of history and so it, it's very much, it's like a fish in water. Now I say like, what would it be like to be a fish? Like you're swimming around, you're, you know, you live like, you know, 50, 60 feet down and you're swimming and swimming and swimming and you live your life in this medium that, you know, you're able to go up and down and, but it never occurs to you because it's all you know. Imagine that fish was swimming and all of a sudden it like jumped up and broke the surface. <laughs> like that would be like a traumatizing experience. Um, maybe that's like what a fish enlightenment experience looks like, you know? It would just be mind altering, earth shattering to have this realization that, oh my God, like there's this thing called water. And that's what we all live in. That's our culture. And, and our culture goes like... Culture spans many different aspects of our lives. There's, uh, I think there's absolutely like, there's an ethnic culture. There's the culture of the place you live. There's the, there's religious culture. There's class culture. And all of these things create a bubble around us. And the more homogenized our lives are, the more that we, the more time we spend with people who look like us, think like us, live like us, have the same amount of money as us, like we really get locked into this idea of the way the world is, of that's just how things are. And the problem is, is that this is never accurate. The really scary thing I've seen over the last, I want to say five years at least, is that people are not only living in their bubbles, but it's almost like we're starting to like make them out of concrete. 
And social media has such a hand in this. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you have a Facebook account and you're Googling things and you're looking things up and that Facebook algorithm is tracking you. And when you come back to Facebook, it's going to send you more stuff. It's going to send you groups that, that, that align with what you already believe. Like never in human history have we been able to cultivate our reality in a way that we only hear information that agrees with us. We only hear information that reinforces what we already believe. And, you know, and in Facebook, I think it's even, it's just so toxic because you get these groups that, that, that act as echo chambers for different belief systems. And, and let me say this right now. If you tend to lean left, you think I'm talking about the right. If you tend to lean right, you think I'm talking about the left. I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. I watch this on all sides where it's an almost cultish devotion to a set of ideas and a set of like beliefs and things you say and things you think. It's just become this cultish devotion to it. So we're all living in this bubble of some kind. We're all living in a bubble of some kind that prevents us from understanding what other people are doing and thinking and why they're doing and thinking these things. It's, if you talk to somebody who's, who's, and and I want to like, let me say this, like this left and right designation is, it's bullshit. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a false dichotomy that is used to force us into choosing between available options. And, and it just really sucks because both options are awful right now. I'm going to use it for the sake of convenience, for the sake of clarity, but just understand it's not a real thing. But if you talk to somebody who's more on the left, they will tell you about people on the right and they will, they will explain these people to you just like baffled. Like, I don't understand how anybody could possibly believe what they believe. And if you talk to somebody who's on the right, they will tell you about people on the left and they will be baffled. And they will not understand how anybody could possibly believe what those people believe. And so, you know, the scary thing is that this left-right dichotomy is probably becoming real because we're all choosing it. It seems like it seems like staying somewhere in the middle is no longer acceptable. It's something I've gotten like I've gotten tagged for on Instagram through comments and messages and things people have said about me because I do tend to see like where both sides are coming from. Like, like both make a lot of sense on most issues. There's a couple issues that I think are just batshit, but in general, I can understand where both sides are coming from. And that tends to be because I have a pretty thin bubble. Uh, on any given day, I, I'm really fortunate. I get to talk to some pretty hardcore left-wing liberal people and some pretty hardcore right-wing conservative people. You know, it's really funny, but like one of the misconceptions that I had to correct pretty often um, with people messaging me on Instagram was the idea that like I'm wealthy or that I live in some, you know, nice fancy neighborhood. We live in a working class neighborhood and we really like it. Like I really enjoy it. But I don't have the wealth to insulate myself. And I hope I never have that kind of wealth. Like I never want to insulate myself from other people. I like hearing different viewpoints. I like hearing why somebody believes what they believe, whether they're pro-vax, anti-vax, if they think the earth is flat, if they think that, you know, gender is a social construct completely, whatever people believe, cool. I like hearing about it and I like knowing why they believe that. I like knowing where that thought comes from. It's just, it's fascinating to me. The thicker our bubble, the more judgmental we become of people around us. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. 
Because something goes from this is how I see the world to this is the way things should be very quickly. Like it's a very small step from this is what I know to this is the way things ought to be. You see this all the time if you pay attention. If you watch the evolution of ideologies, you'll see where very quickly they move from, hey, consider this to, well, hey, at least, you know, tolerate this to you better accept this or you're out with this group and there will be whatever consequences that group can impose on you. You know, I think you, you hear a lot these days about cancel culture and how, you know, liberals are, are canceling, but like, I get, yeah, that's a thing. And, and it's, some of it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm old enough to remember uh, what happened to like Amy Grant when she dared to sing secular music. Uh, I wasn't allowed to go in Walden books because we were boycotting them for pornography. Uh, I, like, like, does anybody remember like people burning Harry Potter? Like that's, that's cancel culture right there. It's just, you know, now I think it sounds like the other side has got the bigger stick. And so, but it's a human thing to do. It's a human thing to want to say that, you know, I disagree with this and it's unacceptable. So I'm not going to give you a space to spread this information. I guess the thing I see more and more, and studies tend to bear this out, you know, surveys tend to bear this out, is that we're getting to a place to where our bubbles are totalistic. Our bubbles are all-encompassing. And anybody outside that bubble is unacceptable. And we don't even want to talk to them anymore. Uh, I was watching a thing on, um, I think it was, I'm sure it was on YouTube. That's all I watch is YouTube. But it was a little like mini documentary about, uh, I think it was in Plano, Texas, you know, like five hours from me. There's a real estate company and I can't remember what they're called, but they, they move conservatives into this one neighborhood. Like you, you kind of, you're kind of vetted as far as like what your beliefs are. And so like, like that's, that's the epitome of a bubble. You know, you've got you've got you've got the more conservative people fleeing from California and Washington and Oregon, and now you've got more progressive people leaving Texas, from what I hear. Like on a long-term scale, this is really scary. This is where you have these countries that just come apart at the seams. And I don't think any of us can do anything about that. That's probably just the march of history and the way things work. But in our own personal lives, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people around us and we owe it to our community to at least have some kind of diversity of opinion and culture and belief in our lives. I think the most dangerous thing about not having that is that you start to think you're right really quickly, really, really quickly. You know, history is littered with horrific events that we look back and we just think, oh, I can't believe anybody would think that. I can't believe anybody would believe that. But it's super easy when you only surround yourself with people who are speaking that to you. It very like we're that's just that's part of that's part of being human is that we're very susceptible to to the norm, you know, the status quo has has a heavy impact on us. And so actively disrupting that is I think it's important. I, it was a study done a whole like a long long time ago. And I remember reading about it, is that like the gist of it was that impersonal contact between different cultures caused them to grow apart. So like riding the subway every day with people who are way different than you and not ever talking to them, not ever engaging with them, makes you like them less. They seem more alien and more hostile and more dangerous to you. Whereas personal contact with with members of, of different cultures, of different, different lifestyles, whatever you want to call all that shit, 
it, it slowly wears away that prejudice. It slowly wears away that dislike because all of a sudden they're people. It is really hard to dislike most people. Like most people, most people are pretty decent, cool people and they just want what you want. Just they want, they, they see a different way of getting there. They see a different way of getting it. When you get to know somebody and you kind of hear their heart and you hear their hopes and their dreams and the things they love and the things that scare them, you connect to the person instead of just viewing them through this box of, well, this is their beliefs. Well, they believe this about this and they support this and they don't support this. So they're just somebody I don't want to waste my time on because they're idiots. I guess when we view people through those lenses, like when we have this like check, like this checklist of things about that they need to believe and be and think and do, we're never really dealing with the person. And we're only surrounding ourselves with people who agree with us. One thing I've really come to believe from working with people for as long as I have is that people only believe things that make sense to them. Like, I think it's impossible for us to believe something that doesn't make sense to us. Like, it has to have some kind of internal consistency, some kind of internal cohesiveness for us to really be able to buy into it. Now, that that might not make sense to people outside of it. And, and sometimes, yeah, like a, the, the mental gymnastics somebody does to give something internal cohesiveness are ridiculous. And so I'm not saying there's no such thing as objective truth, but I don't think that there's near as much objective truth as we all like to believe there is. If we're not even talking about change for other people, if we're just talking about like why this makes your life better, it's because when you have when you have conversation and engagement and relationship with people that are different than you than you, you live your life with a lot less fear. Because you're not surrounded by these stra- these weird strangers and these weird beliefs and these, you know, just uh just these just assholes who don't get it. You're just surrounded by people who happen to think different about things than you. You start to recognize that there's 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 more in common with what we all believe with what we all want. Like really, like every human wants the same stuff. Like I said at the beginning, it's just we have different ways of going about it. So just for your own life, to live your life in a better way, to have a better life, thin your bubble. Push your boundaries a little bit about what you're willing to experience, who you're willing to experience it with. Learn about how other people live. Learn about other cultures. Learn about different classes and what their life looks like. It's very easy to live in fear when you're surrounded by faceless monsters who believe horrible things. It's very easy to get locked into our own way of thinking and doing things as being right, as being true with a capital T, if we don't challenge that with things that are outside of our of our normal spectrum of experience. So give it a try. I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this um, in the newsletter this week. I'm actually going to, I've been compiling a list of books that will help you thin your bubble. Because it's, it, I get it, it can be scary to go to some place that you're not familiar with or if you don't know anybody. And I mean, it probably could annoy those people if you're like, you know, if we're showing up acting like tourists, that's, that's kind of annoying. But I think reading, learning, like educating ourselves about different, different lifestyles and about the way people live and stuff like that. I think that can be helpful. So I'm going to put a, I'm going to have a list of books for that in the newsletter. That'll go out on Friday. You can sign up for that on my website. There's like, there's little things, I think at the top and bottom of like almost every page. So it's, it's not hard and you'll get access to the resource library and all that if you don't already have that. But just take some time and learn about things you're unfamiliar with and see if you can do this with a sort of friendly curiosity. 
instead of a judgment or condemnation uh, or this idea that you already know and you're just going in to confirm what you already know because you can always find things that confirm what you believe. Try to read, if you're going to do it through reading, try to read source material. Try to read things written by people from that group instead of about that group. And when you can and when you feel comfortable, like just get to know other people. Get to know people who live lives very different from yours and see if that doesn't change some of the stuff in your mind about how the world works and how things are. So another suggestion from a listener was to be open to hearing from people about difficult situations in their lives and, um, and kind of like offer things that, you know, might be helpful with that. And so it make it, you know, they said that a lot of times it's a lot easier for people to learn through stories than it is through, you know, like the way that this has been, where it's just kind of a concept and then we, you know, we elaborate on that. So if there is something that might be, I don't know, that would be helpful to kind of workshop on this podcast, shoot me an email. And I don't know if it's, if it's appropriate and it's not like mental health, you know, to the point that I feel like it would be like, you know, it needs counseling and stuff. Um, yeah, we could definitely look at that. And if that would help make these things more concrete and more useful to people, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So if you have topics that would be useful or that you would be interested in, send them to me. Uh, if you want to check out the newsletter, go ahead and do that. And I'll have that list of books. Uh, that'll go out Friday. It usually goes out Friday about 7 a.m. is what I aim for. Uh, the podcast, my goal with this is I'm going to upload new ones every Sunday night at midnight is is my goal for this. And so that way there's two things a week I think I can manage that and still enjoy my life. Like I've said a couple times, you know, Instagram's out for me. Social media is just about out for me. The more I read about the impact of social media on the stuff we're talking about today, on how people treat each other, how people feel about each other, uh, and then just the way it exploits our reward system, the our evolutionarily wired reward system. I'm just more and more out on it. I I just I don't see the good in it anymore. And whatever good I do see does not outweigh what I see as the problem. So email me. That's the way to do it. Um, if you get the newsletter, you know, a lot of people just reply to the newsletter and that's how we start a conversation. So let me know how this could be useful. Let me know what kinds of things would be useful for you. If there is a situation that we could talk about on here, you know, shoot it to me. We'll give that a try and we'll see how that goes. Take a little bit of time this week. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Learn a little bit about a different class, a different culture, a different belief system, whatever. And see what happens when you start to see them as people instead of this collection of what our mind tells us are just bad ideas. And see what that does for your life. I think it's a simple way to have a good life because it just takes so much of the fear and the worry and the sense of uh, threat that we live under, you know, the news, social media, all this stuff is, is, is constantly telling us we're under threat and that we're in trouble and that things are about to go horribly wrong and that there's all these people out there who are just awful. But when you go meet those people, it's not, it's not usually the case. There are awful people, awful people, but there's a lot less of them than they would have us believe. I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.